Welcome to the Growing With Purpose podcast. I'm Paul Spiegelman, and we're going behind the scenes with very special leaders, learning about what shaped them into who they are in business and in life. As a business owner, are you continually searching for less stress, more time freedom, and increased profits? Prosper for Business by Mackey might be the solution you've been looking for. Prosper for Business is both an executive coaching program and fractional CFO service designed to deliver exceptional results through increased education, visibility, and accountability. Prosper for Business graduate Jude Hemmen, CEO of Furlong Building Enterprises, said, The decision to work with Mackey was a life changer. They truly care about our success and give us the tools to do so. Working with the Mackey team also helped Julie Bach, owner of the Bach Group, see things in the business she hadn't seen before that led her to the business being more efficient, productive, and profitable. Does Prosper for Business sound like the right next step for your business? Visit MackeyAdvisors.com slash smallgiants. That's M-A-C-K-E-Y Advisors.com slash smallgiants to learn more. My guest today is Lauren Eckhart. Lauren is the founder and CEO of Burning Soul Press. An award-winning and best-selling author and ghostwriter, she's passionate about helping purpose-driven people capture their life story in a book-led movement that changes lives. Lauren is a tree-obsessed, laughing all the time, multi-passionate, creative, and has fun trying everything, even if she isn't good at it. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you, Paul. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Well, my first question has to be, name, name one thing that you tried that you weren't particularly good at that took you out of your comfort zone. Oh, that took me on my comfort zone. Um, you know, honestly, anything sport related, um, because I know I'm pretty bad at it. So if people are out there playing like beach volleyball, for example, I will get out there because I love it. But if they are competitive, they're going to be real disappointed. <laughs> <in myself. laughs> but I love doing things like that. It's just fun to be active and to do new things. But um, I, I have to choose who I play with carefully. So <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's great. I mean, just being willing to have, uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of similarities to the way you approach life, just having the courage to jump in and and uh, experience things and adjust as you need to but uh, good for you uh, tell, tell me about burning soul press what do you guys do how do you tell these wonderful stories that you tell yeah so we are very focused on helping people turn their life journeys into powerful books that also create movements and generational change. I feel like all of our stories are so important. And I get I get obsessed with our life journeys, um, how all of the decisions we've made, you know, creates these transformations, creates these experiences, these connections with other people, and how all of that shapes who we are in this moment. And, you know, we're all going through this at the same time, right? Like every second that we're alive, we're experiencing something new. And 
I'm just fascinated by it. So within our company, it's great being able to help people uncover all of these really important messages and themes from their life journey that they never really, you know, considered to to be that big. Um, But how everything, again, contributes to these themes and messages that inspire and empower and help other people. And I feel like that's why we're here. It's it's truly to share those stories with each other, to help each other. And when we're able to capture them in a book specifically, a book lasts forever, right? I mean, they're still uncovering books from, you know, centuries ago. Um, and it's incredible um, to to know that your story could continue to change lives for, for years to come. So tell me about the kind of clients that you work with. Uh, uh, why do they want their story told? What is it? Is it to document like a memoir? Are they are they business people trying to ultimately uh, sell something or brand themselves? But who are the types of people that are attracted to publishing with Burning Soul Press? Sure. So we worked more so with people. We always want to make sure that the people we work with don't have those motives to necessarily. Um, get something out of it per se, you know, if it means like growing their business to me, that's, that's more of a, a benefit, a side benefit, but if that's their primary intention, we always refer them to other people. Uh, for us, it's more of like, do you want to make an impact? Are you truly seeking to share your story to help other people? And we do get a lot of entrepreneurs simply because for many of us, we're very visible, when we're an entrepreneur, right? We're, especially in the age of social media, we're out there, we're connecting with people. And for a lot of our clients who are entrepreneurs, they're realizing by simply, you know, promoting things within their business, they're of course sharing their own stories to connect with their audience. And those stories are moving people. They're receiving you know, DMs and really personal uplifting messages about how sharing one thing just really changed you know, someone's life and they start to find that inspiration. They start to see how important those stories actually are. And then they start thinking a bigger picture from there. Like, well, if we knew more, how much more could this help them or help someone else who maybe didn't catch this podcast I was on or didn't catch, you know, this one live that I did on Instagram. Um, So they start thinking the bigger picture and you know, I think a memoir especially is challenging for a lot of people because many people get hung up on the fact that you have to be almost celebrity status or you you had to have achieved something very notable in, in life. And that's not the case. Um, you know, that's something I'm constantly trying to help people through. You don't have to be a celebrity to be able to share your life journey. <laughs> um, but I feel like entrepreneurs are usually more willing because they can ar- already see the impact that they're having. Yeah. Um, There are so many stories to be told, and I'm just a firm believer that everybody has a story and it doesn't matter where, you know, where you are in life. I, I, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I was spending time with my parents, my mom's, my mom and dad are in their nineties. My mom has Alzheimer's. They're in Los Angeles. I'm in Texas. And I, and I just realized that there's so much about their life that hadn't been documented. And so I proceeded over the next weeks to record hours and hours of video over FaceTime uh, with them once I could teach them how to use FaceTime. <laughs> and, and then, you know, edited it down into a couple hours story of their life. And, and uh, 
it just, I, I realized how powerful that was as I just shared it with really close friends and family. Um, and just even in that small way, the stories that they told, and my dad in particular, that people just didn't know. And those stories will be around forever. So I could just imagine the impact in the stories that you guys are telling of the clients you do this work for. I love that you did that, Paul. And I think that example alone just shows how powerful it is. And, you know, one, one of the most heartbreaking things to me that happened in this life is, you know, a lot of times at funerals, right, we'll talk about who the person was right before they passed. And, you know, we'll honor, you know, personality traits or maybe different things they were doing. But a lot of us don't know what, what brought that person to be who they were right before they passed. And all yeah. of that's important <laughs> yeah. and for people to be able to share it from their own, their own words. Um, like you said, even if someone else is recording it or documenting it on behalf of them, being able to, to share what's actually happening through their own lens is powerful. Yeah, it and really is. I know there's a lot of fear for people, not only just in being vulnerable, transparent to tell their story, but a lot who say, well, I don't know how to write or I don't have the time to do that. So talk about that experience a little bit. I certainly have had experience using ghost writers that helped me with my books, but um, how do people get over that hump and to realize that their story can be told even if they don't have to sit down at a, at a computer or old typewriter and do it themselves? I always, uh, my, my big theory behind that is that if you are able to, to talk, you can write. <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it's, it's communication is all it is. And so for a lot of people who want to tell their stories themselves, um, I always tell them just start by talking in a, a recorder, you know, use the voice app on your phone. Um, just start talking as though you're telling your story to, you know, your children or to a family member or a friend. Um, and then it's so easy to take those, those recordings and get them transcribed. And there you go. There's your start. Um, same thing again, you know, using in the, the age of social media for those of us who tell bits of our story through post, a lot of us don't realize that we already have a book started right there. Once we collect all of those posts and put them yeah. in a document, um, but you're right with ghostwriting too. That's a service that we offer at Burning Soul Press. I've ghostwritten several people's memoirs and truly that process is incredible because you're helping someone uh, you know, retell their life journey. And it's, it's such a healing and transformative process. Um, but there are, there are ghostwriters who are willing to interview you, to learn your voice, to learn your experiences. And then they're guiding you on that structure. Like, how do I take all of these stories in my life and, you know, assign them to a theme that fits one book and, um, you know, have someone actually flesh those out and challenge you and help you dig in deeper. That's, that's the important part is really pulling back those layers too. And, you know, how deep can you get, but there are people who can help you with that. Yeah, for sure. They're, and they're, they provide great value when, when they do help you get through that process. Now, at what point did you turn this into a business, right? This was kind of a labor of love. You're, you've been curious your whole life. You love listening to people's stories. You love telling them. But at what point did it turn into a, a business and what, what was that or how has that transition gone for you? Yeah. You know, it's one of those amazing things looking back is I, 
I see how everything has come full circle. You know, I knew when I was six years old that I wanted to be an author. I knew that I loved books. Books made me happier than just about anything else. And um, also sort of recognizing when I was a young girl, people would constantly share, share really private details about their life with me. And I mean, even strangers, like in grocery lines or at the mall, you know, I mean, um, and it took me a while to, to understand what that meant. Um, you know, that it's truly a gift to be able to be that safe space to someone else where they feel comfortable opening up to you. And I can't even tell you the number of times in my life I've been told ever since I was a little girl, I don't know why I told you all of that. I've never told anyone. That. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the importance of listening. And, you know, this world is so busy that a lot of people don't feel truly listened to in that way. So that's always been a big theme, um, you know, with anyone I, I've met throughout my entire life. And so as time came where I started publishing books, writing my own books, I started getting more questions about, you know, can you help me uh, write write my book, write my story? And um, it was April or March, towards the end of March, beginning of April, 2020, right when, you know, everything was coming clear about what COVID is and how big it might actually end up being. I actually ended up with COVID for two weeks and I was in bed, quarantined away from my kids. I did not see them for two weeks, um, which was really, really hard. And um you know, a lot, a lot became clear in that moment. It was, you know, a lot of fear during that time, especially you turn on TV and all you hear are these like scary, terrifying stories about, you know, if you have COVID, this is it. Like, you know, there's not much hope. Um, so it got me thinking a lot about, you know, if this is, what am I doing with my life? Am I living it the way that I, I want to? I mean, if death is truly at my door right now, am I making the impact I want to make? And it was so interesting because I'm laying in bed sick, questioning my life. (laughs) And uh, I ended up getting um, a call from a friend that I had not heard from for, you know, probably a couple of years at that time. And she was like, hey, I've been watching you on Instagram, you know, sharing your stories, your books and all of that. Um, I've really been thinking about sharing my story. And this is why. And her story was just so powerful. Um, And she was like, the thing is, though, I don't have, like we talked about just now, the time or the energy (laughs) to write the book. Can you help me with this? Is this something you can help me do? Um, And I was like, okay, maybe this can be something. Maybe this isn't just me helping people for free all the time, right? Like maybe this can actually be a business. Um, because ghostwriting is an intensive process, right? It takes like four to six months, especially for a memoir size. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I said, yes. And it was so interesting because even that week I got another person interested. It was like, all of a sudden the universe was like, all right, Lauren, you're on the right track here. You're finally thinking the way you're supposed to. Let me continue to show you what's out there. If you turn this into something. So I ended up doing the LLC thing to make it official, um, you know, had my first clients locked in and then, um, it was crazy how much it snowballed from there. It was just, you know, suddenly people saw what I was offering and they're, they're introducing me to people who could use my services. And next thing I know, I I have 10 clients before I even really recognized what was going to happen, (laughs) that this could be something more than just me helping people. 
Yeah, that's incredible. And, and to think of the timing of that, uh, you know, most people would say that's not the best time to start a business. But there were probably, <laughs> just like you were reflecting on your life, the whether they were your friends or people that, you know, you came to know, uh, were probably doing the same thing. Exactly. And, and, and then said, you know, there is something, a story here that I want to tell. And so it turned out to be kind of the, the perfect storm for you. Um, I hope that that first client allowed you to recover from COVID before you had to start <laughs> writing yes. for her. Um, but, but you know, the, the message there really is that uh, I've always said life just comes to us, you know, if we allow it to. And you may not have known, you, you, you know, this is something you've been doing for a long time, like you said, for free, just out of love and, and interest and caring for people that are close to you. And all of a sudden, somebody says, hey, can you help me with this? And you had the forethought to say, you know, maybe I could turn this into something and, you know, and off you go. Um, you know, I, I want to dig in and maybe take you back a little bit, Lauren, to where this sensibility comes from, this kind of curiosity for people, this gift that you have where people end up kind of opening up to you in ways that maybe they wouldn't with others. Um what was that like as a child for you or influences from your parents? I mean, how at six years old did you know you wanted to uh, be an author? And I, I remember you you wrote a bunch of stories, I think, a couple of years later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, goodness. You know, I think it's one of those that, you know, we came from um, the boondocks of Missouri, you know, truly the the country life, uh, dirt roads, all of that good. My, my parents, my dad was constantly away working. My mom was working all the time. So, I mean, it was truly that life where we were running around all the time, right? Out in the country doing whatever. And, you know, my obsession has always been trees too. And I would find these, like, I don't even know what they're called, but they were these like massive bushes, um, out in the, out in the country where we were, where you could literally like pave your way inside. And then you can almost like create this, this, uh, camp within this bush. Wow. Uh, I would spend hours out there. Like I had this one that was fully decorated and I would just daydream. I would, uh, kind of sketch, write out stories. I was very imaginative. Um, so I think I, I always had this freedom to be super creative and use my imagination to, you know, keep myself obviously entertained and, you know, being on my own a lot. And um, so, and I, I think the other part of that is, you know, when it came to people, um, you know, I've always been a bit more reserved. I've always, I don't know. It's always just been in me. I don't know if it came from my parents or, you know, just with who I am, but it, it was always more of this be quiet, like listen to other people. Like, you know, maybe it did come from my parents. So I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm sure those words came out of my dad's mouth every now and then. <laughs> like let other people talk. Um, but I think the one, the one gift specifically that, that I recognized pretty early. Um, I remember in junior high, um, I was with friends and, or this was probably fifth grade actually. And I was with friends at like a sleepover and everyone's, you know, kind of gossiping about other people in class. And I felt, um, I, I just felt this rejection against any of these, these comments or ideas that they were having. Like I was very uncomfortable, did not want to be in that room, did not want to contribute to the chatter. And it was different moments like that where 
you know, I know everyone says as humans, we're, we're naturally judgmental. And I know there are pieces of me that are, but truly when it comes to listening to other people and who they are, I don't know how to, to describe it other than like, truly, I don't judge. Mm-hmm. I, I am just listening because I want to understand again, how they, how they came to be who they were. And I think everything in our life has led to it. And so it has just been that natural curiosity and, okay, so you're telling me this and, you know, good or bad or whatever. I just want to know how you got to this point that you were today. Um, And I think people can sense that, that, you know, that non-judgmental, truly curious. And a lot of times when people have that chance to reflect on their life, um, I think it's interesting because I think a lot of times that people find kind of this love for themselves and this empathy for themselves and different points of their life that maybe they didn't recognize at this time until you have that hindsight and that ability to reflect back. And I think when you, when you have someone who's presenting you with that opportunity to do that in a very loving, safe space, gosh, kind of like a therapist office, right. As I'm talking, um, you know, it's just what, it's what creates that, that opportunity. So, um, I don't know, Paul. I was just born this way. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I have, um, I feel like I have a little bit of the same trait oh. as you do. Not, I, I don't think I'm probably anywhere near as good as you are, but uh, but I also think it came from the fact that I'm, I'm a total introvert and reserved. Okay. And I was just with my daughter at her college dad's weekend. And we were talking about this because she's a little bit reserved too, but she just has a beautiful soul. And, and we talked about the power of listening and, and asking questions and, 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 and truly listening to what people say and acknowledging that. And I said, you know, that got me through a lot of times where I, I was uncomfortable because I was so uh, reserved. And I, I found that through asking questions, I could get people to talk. And then we laughed about the people that just talk too much or never asked me a question, right? So you get, you know, the other side of it. But for the most part, it made people feel comfortable, made let them open up because you were genuine. And yeah. and uh, and so you uncovered that because of the kind of just the personality, like you said, that you were you were born with. And it's just wonderful that you've been able to just build on that all these years. Were there any other uh, jobs or experiences in school that that uh, contributed to this? Um, you know, I think um, as far as experiences in school specifically, you know, I never had like, you know, one friend group. It was always, I was friends with a few people from every group, right? I, I So I think that was a big part. I just never felt... Um, you know, that I had to stay within the same friend group, I guess. Like it was truly wanting to get to know as many people who would let me get to know them across the board. And so I think that always helped because it was just a variety of different people and experiences through that. Um, Job-wise, I mean, I've always been in the service industry. So, you know, waitressing was one of my favorite jobs. I waitressed at a steakhouse growing up and I had a blast with that. And it was the same thing. You know, I'd always, <laughs> I'd always connect, especially, uh, you know, with the the older people who would just be there for dinner at, you know, three o'clock sometimes in the <laughs> afternoon and it would be slow and, you know, they would come in and it would just be them and they'd be having dinner by themselves. And I would just listen to their their life. Um, they wanted to talk about it. 
And I love that. You know, I think it's so interesting that you could get to a certain point in life where you feel ready to share your life with, with random strangers. Um, when so much of like the rest of our life, it's almost like you were talking about earlier, that vulnerability aspect and everything. It's, it's uh, hard for people to want to get there, but there does come a point in life when you're like, okay, Hey, I'm ready. If anyone wants to listen to me, talk about my life. Like I want to talk about it. You know, I think there's more people that actually want to talk about it than we believe. I, I don't think anybody's asking. I think that's, that's the problem. I, I think you're, you're asking um, and I think that you, I bet your experience has been that when um, you meet people and you make them comfortable, they, they want to talk about it, right? Mm. And, and because that is um, therapeutic for them as well. And, and people want to talk and reflect on their own lives. And, uh, but not everybody's asking. We're just so surface focused or we're trying to sell each other something. And so I think it's kind of beautiful how this all worked out for you as you led up to 2020, which isn't that long ago. So you're still kind of in the throes of starting uh, this business. What were you doing before that? Um, you know, what kind of career did you have or were you just a ma, you know, working uh, as a homemaker? You know, what was what led up to this idea that you could actually um, start and run a business? I think I've always played around with it. I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, even when I was a little kid, I, I talked a little bit about the creativity side, but I would do things like create games out of like boxes that mimic amusement park games um, and then have people come and, you know, kind of like pay to play these games that I would create. Um, so I think I always had that. I always, I, I was always looking at, you know, side hustles, even as a, as a little girl, ways I could really tap into my creativity and you know, use them for something else. I mean, even when I was 14, I mean, I'm 38. So this was what, um, a long time ago, <laughs> 20, 24 years ago. Uh, um, you know, I taught myself HTML, which back then, you know, it was HTML versus, you know, everything today. And I wanted to build websites for people. I, I just, I was always self-taught. I was always eager to learn. Um, you know, later on, I, I learned there was a term for it, right? Like multi-passionate, multi-creative. Um, so I always knew that, but eventually, you know, what, especially back then you're told that pretty much anything creative cannot earn a living. Yeah. Like that's not the smartest decision to make. You, you know, need to look into something more stable. So come college, things kind of got derailed a little bit. I felt like I had to choose something that produced a, a higher salary to be successful. Um, so I actually started my uh, master. Well, my undergrad was in sociology and psychology, which I'm sure makes sense <laughs> considering <laughs> my interests. But I started my master's actually in marriage and family therapy originally. Um, and then thought it would be too hard to have my own family someday while mm. being a marriage and family therapist. Um, <laughs> looking back, I honestly kind of, I mean, it's funny with what I do now because, you know, it is a form of therapy in a lot of ways, but, um, back then I, I didn't think I could separate myself. So I fell into the human resources field. I did that for many years across many different industries, um, ended on, into my corporate run on, um, consulting smaller companies within this, this member organization on human resources aspects. Um, but that's where I really fell in love with the importance of recognizing people's strengths and helping them 
do something bigger with their life by using their strengths because there's more fulfillment than just looking at what you need to do to be successful. Um, so I was doing that. And then I had my first baby. Um, and I tried to go back to work for six months and nothing felt important anymore. That was outside the life of that child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, human resources, it can be very dramatic at times. Of course, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff comes up and, um, I don't know, everything kind of flipped on its head at that point with what's really important in life and what's not, and what do I have the energy for? And what do I no longer have the energy to deal with? Um, so I left, but it was truly with the purpose of finding out what's bigger, what's bigger for me, what's bigger for my life. Yeah. Uh, and congrats on making that jump to, to be able to, to start this and, and to, and you said it ramped up very quickly. You got a mm. whole bunch of clients, you, you started adding people, uh, and, and sitting around asking people about their life is different than hiring employees and, and you know, putting together invoices and billing people for work that you do. But now you're a, you're a business person. So what has the last couple of years been like for you? And, and have you been able to honor your ability to listen and do storytelling versus kind of all the administrative stuff that goes along with starting a new business? Oh gosh, that's such a, a great uh, topic. Um, yeah, you know, it definitely all started right with with that. I just want to learn as much as I can about people and help them in any way possible. But then, like you said, especially as you start growing a team, suddenly there are other aspects you have to look at. Um, when we moved it from an LLC to an S corp, suddenly there's payroll right? <laughs> and all of that aspect. Um, so things are just bigger than, you know, money that goes straight to my pocket. Essentially now other people are relying on me for paychecks. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it did start to shift big time. And I, the other aspect is I'm a big lifelong learner. I, I mean, I constantly want to learn and grow And I ended up falling in a bit of a trap early on where I was almost learning too much, Um, you know, courses and opportunities from like other entrepreneurs that I respect and admire. And it was almost like all of this knowledge was now sitting here um, of ideas, things I can do to reach more people, to provide more services to more people, you know, like suddenly my mind is like exploding all the time, right. With all of these cool options we can do from memberships to courses, to one-on-one, like how do we reach everyone? Um, and it just became where I was trying to do everything to be everything to all of our clients while running the business (laughs) And trying to be a a leader, the manager of employees, and um, it got away. There was a couple months there where suddenly it was all about processes and administrative work, and rather than back to that impact, to that direct uh, impact with our clients, to what I really loved in the first place. Um, 
it's been a big, a big, um, learning experience for that reason. I mean, because things did snowball and it was fabulous. We didn't have to tap into advertising. It was all like word of mouth for the first 18 months. Uh, you know, it it was incredible, but because of that, I didn't have a lot of those important processes in place. Um, I didn't have that focus on, um, like now looking back, I'm like, you gotta know, like your bookkeeping and accounting, you have to have at least a solid foundation for that. You can't just rely on other people to take that over. Right. Like if this is your, your baby, essentially, this is your company. You have to have some knowledge of everything that goes into growing it but then you still also have to remember why you started in the first place. Well, that's, that's so important and, and a lesson for everybody, but particularly for people like you that are really on the creative side. And, mm. and uh, so some of the bricks and mortar of, uh, you know, accounting or HR or things that are process, you know, don't come naturally. Um, doesn't mean you can't learn them. But you're just uh, you get those few clients and you're just going and trying to handle them and realize, whoa, 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 uh, we can't just do this on the back of a napkin anymore. We have to establish some processes. We have to bring in some people with some experience and talent to help us do this and build that team uh, because ultimately you want to be able to continue to do what you do best, which is to listen and use your imagination to help people tell stories and and find people and team members that can help you do all that other stuff that needs to be done to continue to grow the business. So what you're going through today is is what we all have gone through and continue to go through. It just, it really never ends. Uh, The fact that you have your, you know, you are open to learning and being a lifelong learner like that is really uh, what one of the biggest aspects of being a successful entrepreneur. So I think you're off to a, a great start. If you think about, you know, Lauren, the things that you're going through now and, in, and, you know, you started this business at the beginning of a pandemic, um, uh, which was not the right time <laughs> for most people <laughs> to start a business. Uh, but, uh, you know, what, what can you share? Maybe um, a really humbling decision that you've already had to make as a leader sometime over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think the biggest one has been, um, and again, this is in part of training. I think it's or learning all of that. You know, everyone has their own way of doing things. You can you can admire what someone has done to grow their business or to be successful. It doesn't mean that you have to mirror that. It doesn't mean that you have to replicate exactly what they did. Yeah, it worked for them. But maybe it's not in alignment with your vision. Maybe it's not in alignment with, with your heart. Um I think it's really important to hold on to your values. There, there were a couple of things throughout the past couple of years where, you know, I lost track of our values. And I think it's important to always have that in mind because one of the things that, that I struggled with and it was the humbling, you know, experience is that I felt suddenly that since I, I went from just me being this one woman show, helping our clients on the book coaching front, on ghostwriting, on helping them publish, that now that I had a company, I had to step back. I had to go into CEO role. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking all these trainings and, you know, that's what they're, they're, you know, really encouraging. 
you shouldn't be doing one-on-one anymore. If you're a CEO of this company, like you need to step back, you need to hire other people who can do it instead. So you can have more time to do, you know, visionary stuff. Um, I got caught into that. Cause I was like, Oh boy, like, Oh no, we have this growing business. We hit this certain revenue. Like I need to pawn the CEO hat. I can't be doing this one-on-one stuff. I can't answer this email. I need to have someone else do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> That was a very humbling experience because what I recognized from, from having other people do it and trying to be that, that CEO that was expected of me is I felt miserable. Mm-hmm. I wasn't putting my gifts into action. I, I completely got away from why I started all of this in the first place. Um, that was a very, and I mean, I went through it for, you know, several months. I was in a few programs and it was like, oh, this is what everyone else is doing too. I'm the only one who's not, I got to step up to the plate if I want to be like them. And, um, you know, what, what works for me and my company is that I am still very involved with all of our coaching clients, with all of our publishing people. Um, and I love it. It's what makes me happy. It's what lights me up. And, um, I just have to honor that. I can be the CEO and this, right? It's not an either or thing. It can be that and. Oh yeah, there's no question about it. And 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 it needs to be the and. Uh, you should really never give up that connection that mm-hmm. makes you special and makes the relationships you have in your company special. And it, and in you know in the little time I've known you to sort of take. At, not abdicate, but already start to put some of that aside, listening to people who say, well, you shouldn't even be doing that. Um, it's too early, if ever, to give that up because that is what makes you special. And so you, there are those administrative things, um, but it's not about the connection, the communication that you have with others. Uh, that's what makes you special. And you have to spend your time teaching that to other people on your team so they can learn some of the tools that you've used to get those people to open up and, and feel what's special about you. So um, that's a great, a great lesson learned. Um, what, what do you, if, if you would think about your own leadership journey, um, what's a part of leadership that you feel you still need to improve on? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I would say, it's one that, well, this is one that I've actively have been working on. Um, I think since I have done pretty much everything in the company, right? I mean, with it just starting as me, um, I've gone through all of the publishing process. I've, I've gone through everything. As someone else is stepping into that role um, and getting used to things, and, you know, there's always variables that pop up, new situations that pop up. And a lot of times we can be in this very fast paced, uh, you know, on a, on a schedule. So we have to get things done fast before I would just be like, you know what, I'll take care of it. <laughs> like I can do it. It's going to take me two seconds. I'll do it. Don't worry about it. Let me get off your plate. Um, and I thought that was helping them. Um, like, cool. You know, this is me helping them. Like, but I realized that, uh, you know, what that actually takes away from the learning opportunity, you know, from the employee, um, from empowering them, from, you know, really having them take ownership in that role, it's not benefiting anyone. Um, 
And so I think that's been a big thing that, that I'm still continually working on um, is, you know what, give them a chance to figure it out. Give them a chance to research and answer. Give them a chance to go back to the training and try to find it versus me being so concerned about time and is this going to get done that I just take over. So it's uh, it's really taking that new approach because really that's how someone's going to benefit long term, right? Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. You know, I was thinking about the. Um, I know you have several employees and, and your focus is on telling the stories of the clients that you work with, but I got to believe that there's also a similar sensibility in the kind of culture that you've built in your own organization. And a lot of our listeners are, are small business owners who have employees. And, and to me, building a great culture is one where we make our own employees feel comfortable sharing about their lives and being transparent and all that. How how have you been able to kind of uncover that um, and make people in your own company feel comfortable telling their stories to each other? I think it starts with you as the leader setting mm-hmm. that tone, opening up those invitations, um, proving that it's okay to talk about those things. Um, two of my personal values in general is, you know, vulnerability and integrity. And that's something that I really try to instill through our entire company, through, um, all of our employees. We, we talk about it on a regular basis, what that looks like. And, um, you know, of course, as we're talking about the stories that, that our clients are sharing, someone will go, yeah, I I totally get where they're coming from because I had, you know, very similar experience and this is what, you know, I felt or thought from it. And I feel like that's a great opportunity to express that to them, right? Like you are their target audience anyway, like talk to them about that, share that, you know, like sharing it with us. And if you're comfortable, then, you know, go to the client and that's just going to create those deeper connections. And that's something we talk about all the time is just the importance of deeper connections. <laughs> that's just the great way to, to word it. Um, you can either know someone by name or you can know someone by who they actually are, you know, who their soul is. Um, and, and it starts by, by being willing to have it be that two-way street and not just like, you need to be professional because we're providing a service. No, what makes us different is that we truly connect. And that means you have to connect and open up as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. It, it, If you were talking to somebody that was uh, younger and you're still quite young, so you've got a long career ahead of you and and life ahead of you and experiences ahead of you. But, you know, let's say you're talking to a a younger Lauren who's got some of these same sensibilities as you. what kind of advice would you give them in, in as they're starting out? Go all in. Yeah. You know, don't, I think one of the things that, again, I, I, I struggle with and Paul, you might be able to relate because you're talking about that introverted side. Um, and, you know, especially if we're in a position like what you do with your podcast and with your community as well, where it almost feels like we, we are showcasing other people right? We are highlighting other people, um, which is so powerful in itself, but it also doesn't mean that you need to be a wallflower in the meantime. You're still, it's important. 
And I think one of the biggest traps that can be that I fell into, I still struggle with is um, let me hide behind my brand name. Let me hide behind my team. I mean, there was a point where I was like, I want my picture off everything. This is not me. This is the company. <laughs> this is not me. Uh, but we actually saw a dip uh, go down in, in clients and revenue at that time because there wasn't that, that personal connection anymore. And that's what people gravitated to us for originally. So I think, you know, my younger self, like, show up. Yeah. Be all in. Don't be scared of being visible. That's that's that connection piece. Again, people need that. Um, gosh, and don't take away your own worth. <laughs> yeah, that's just great advice. Um, I I, uh, I I love what you do. I I just think that there's so many stories to be told, and the fact that you give people the opportunity to to get that story out to share it in a way that's comfortable for them and give them all the help that they need to publish document share and have impact i mean gosh uh, that impact can be just that one person friend family or stranger who read something and and identified with it and and that to me is the beauty of these stories is that we all identify in one way or another and we also realize how people are really different than we expect. And it's like, wow, I didn't know that. And, and uh, everybody does have that, that story. And I imagine that if, uh, especially with your, your background um, and in, in what almost is like being a therapist that uh, how much I would divulge to you um, (laughs) if I were to work with you to tell my story. Um, But I want to kind of end Lauren with these five quick hit questions that we ask everybody um, uh, that uh, will have you reflect a little bit on your ship journey. Um, Can you name a leader that you look up to? Yeah. James Wedmore. Mm. He's an entrepreneur I follow. He leads the business by design course, but James Wedmore. Awesome. How about a great book that influenced your leadership style? Ooh, leadership specifically. Um, oh gosh, why am I why am I blanking on leadership? Or it could be a book, any kind yeah, of book. Yeah, a book in general. Um, well, I will tell you one that uh, it's called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It. Mm. And I'm forgetting who, who, oh, it's right here. It's on my shelf, you can't see me, but uh, Kamal Rakivant. Um, but it's truly about if you loved yourself wholly and completely, what would you do in this moment? Yeah. Whether you're making a personal life decision, business life decision, food decision. <laughs> Fantastic. How about an all-time favorite movie? I absolutely read the movie Purple Violets. It's about two authors. Of course. <laughs> uh, good. And how about a TV series you like to binge watch? Mm, Parks and Recreation. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I think I think I, I got into that a little bit with my son early in the pandemic. Um, <laughs> and uh, lastly, what's something about you that many people don't know? I am um, <laughs> very honest with my thoughts all the time. I don't think people expect that because I'm so quiet. So sometimes they're like, did that come out of your mouth? (laughs) (laughs) But but when you want to actually like have a real conversation with me, I'm very just, you know, pretty honest and and blunt because again, I value honesty. And so I like to, to put it out into the world. And I think people are usually surprised because they get this 
view on me that I'm sweet and really nice, but I'm like, you can, you can be that and honest. Like it works both ways. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you, I, I'm sure you do it in a compassionate way too. So um, that's great. Um, well, I, I want to just wish you a, a lot of congratulations, Lauren, on what you've uh, begun here and your storytelling didn't just start. Uh, you've been doing it for a long time, but to be able to turn it into a business uh, to formalize it, to reach even more people. There's so many stories out there to be told. And and uh, and I have a feeling doing it with you and your team is a, is a great way to do it. I want to reflect on a few of the things that you said that really impacted me um, and really came from the sensibilities that you really realized early on. Not only did you have an entrepreneurial spirit, but you had this kind of curiosity. You wanted to be an author. You found you had this gift um, that maybe came from your, your reserved personality to get people to open up. And you learned about the power of listening. And, um, and it's just something that people don't do today. I mean, they hear you, but they aren't really listening. And so you knew that was a gift early on. You've used that your entire life and, and we're able to now turn that into a business opportunity. Uh, the, flag, the fact that you started this business uh, when, when COVID started, sitting there, you know, sick in bed, um, not able to see your kids, um, reflecting on your whole life, which is something that a lot of us did uh, during that time. And you took action. Uh, that, that was a really big point in your life. Um, and, uh, uh, but, but this all really came from how you grew up. You grew up in the country. You know, I, I kind of am picturing these big, huge trees, bushes, where you sort of were isolating there and um, seeing your imagination build and, and that curiosity build. Uh, and, and that's kind of where it came from. And, and so you listen, you don't judge. Um, and, uh, but, uh, and, and you went through like many people do, um, the need to start a career, you know, go to school, get a degree, start a career in HR. And I'm sure we're very successful. Uh, but then again, that point came in your life was, you know, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And so I always, um, give great kudos to people like you that, that um, after really a career decide, you know what, this is um, I'm meant for something more. And, and you've made that jump and done that also while raising a family. And uh, you know, that's, that's really incredible. Uh, I think the messages that you're sharing uh, to, to people around holding your own values and realize that while we can be talking to, listening to, mentored by people who have done things a certain way, you got to do it your own way. Follow your heart, follow your values. Uh, and, uh, and, and not only do you help people tell their stories as clients, but you do that, I, I'm sure, with people in your lives, you, with your children, with your employees, with everybody around you. It's just a wonderful trait to have and comes from those values of vulnerability and integrity that are so important to you. Uh, and lastly, the advice you give to younger people, which is just go all in, show up, um, you know, kind of go for it um, and, and go with your gut. I think that's just really important. And uh, there's all, lots of drivers in our life that have us go in different directions. But uh, I feel like you're, you, have, uh, you are using your gifts now in ways that are benefiting not only your team, but, but many people that you work with and the rest of us that are getting to hear and read those stories that you're sharing. So I really appreciate you being on the podcast with me today and wish you the best of luck going forward. Oh, thank you so much. And I, I just have to say quickly on the note of hearing people and seeing people, I actually have tears in my eyes right now from that recap of feeling heard. 
so I, I, I just, I'm really grateful for you. Thank you for this opportunity as well. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Growing With Purpose podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about purpose-driven leadership, go to smallgiants.org or follow us on Twitter at smallgiantsbuzz. Until next time.